Wow. Phil, it's only been uh, two months since the last Complete Inbox podcast. Uh, I guess this is where we say that real life got in the way of uh, us, you know, fulfilling our destiny. That's right. I would. But I would also, maybe it's a good, you know, season break. SNL didn't have to work for those two months as far as I'm aware. So, you know, we're just taking similar similar calendars to other entertainment. I don't know. Right. It's not like we're in podcast sweeps or anything like that. We don't have to play to the masses. That's right. uh, Our many sponsors uh, of this podcast. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, So uh, how you been doing, bud? I've been doing well. Uh, Yeah, just kind of hanging in there. Uh, Ruthie's uh, grown a lot since the last time uh, I talked to you on a podcast about her. So she's been great. She's rolling over and uh, smiling all the time. And so I'm just trying to teach her how to high five and other really important for like life skills. Yeah. Um, so first yeah. you roll over, then you do some noises and then you high five. That's how the miracle pretty of life much. works. At that point, okay. they just let you vote. You don't even have to be 18 because you're pretty well, much. You might want to start teaching her how to dab, you know, just like not like dab, but like, you know, <laughs> Give a fist bump. Oh, you don't mean marrow You don't mean like eight, uh, THC wax. You're talking about the the hand gesture. <laughs> damn, you know, just I give somebody. Told, a why little didn't you fist tell bump. me that yesterday? God damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, kids aren't being vaccinated. The measles outbreaks. Every time I open up my yeah. Twitter, there's another measles the outbreak fuck? happening. Oh, dude, I just remember like even as a kid when I understood what vaccines were. I understood Jonas Sock and what how he. You know, I all it took was maybe one black and white photo of kids in hospitals with a sad expression on their face covered in spots for me to go. It's probably a pretty good thing, right? That he's come up with this wonderful thing that saved all these lives. I just don't, I don't know where to meet in the middle with people who in 2019 are thinking that vaccines, you know, yeah. I don't know. Did you they just, just take tuberculosis out of the textbooks? Like, is that gone? Other, I, I mean, well, I know no, there's not a whole they're, lot of they're photos. Still in there rich, but they're paid for, you know, that's lobbied. It's, it gets a conspiracy. <laughs> it's turning the frogs gay and all the other bullshit. I know there's not a you gotta, whole you're not listening lot of... to QAnon, man. You got to really get, you got to learn, <laughs> learn the truth, man. I know there's not a lot of pictures of uh, our boy FDR rolling around, but like, you know, <laughs> like the polio is kind the of boy. a big deal. Uh, vaccines are super important. Yeah, they are. Like, we true. just lost all of our anti-vaxxer uh, listeners. So whoops. There goes that. Oh shit. Probably not. No, listen, stick around. Audience. Let, yeah, then let me olive branch for those vax, anti-vaxxers still out there listening. Just shoot me a message. I'll I'll do everything I can to be nice to you and convince you not to do it. But it's for everyone's benefit, not your own. That's my PSA. Kids <laughs> out there with cancer can't take the <laughs> vaccines, so you take them so you're not a vector. It's, I don't know why people don't get it. I know. Whatever. Either. Well, that's nah, because sheesh. somebody somewhere on a some news site said that, yeah, whatever. We know. I, we're all, I mean, for every person like you and I, there's a million Jenny McCarthy's out there who aren't vaccinating their kids or cleaning up their snot. I don't know. Uh, I just, I think it's just so funny that of like the celebrities who are like anti-vaxxers like Jenny McCarthy. You know what I mean? Like, it, right. that's all I know her now as is just yeah, anti exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> I still know her as being on Singled Out. Yeah. And the vet. That's all. It's those two those things. Are the good old, and, those are the good old days. And being married to Jim Carrey. And I realize it's because that guy has a lot of money, I suppose. But Yeah. And now she's married to the other Wahlberg. There you go. Yeah. That makes more sense to me. I can see that working out really well. well apparently, we have very extensive knowledge of Miss Jenny McCarthy. Playmate right. of the Year, probably, what, 96? Who knows? I don't remember. It's almost like we were born somewhere between 1981 and 1982. <laughs> just being alive, if you're born in those years, makes you a, a Jenny McCarthy expert. Yeah. They want to, they they try to call us millennials, but we ain't having it. 
That's for sure. No, it's really smack in the middle. That's I right. remember rotary phones, dude. I have respect for rotary phones. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Props. Yeah. Props are rotary phones out there. Yeah. The touchtone <laughs> phone was really quite the uh, invention. Oh, I know. We had my busted ass house. We had the phone that it was like, uh, you couldn't, it looked like a touch tone, but you couldn't hit the buttons fast because when you'd hit like eight, it would just like, it would just like hammer the note home instead of you turning it. Yes. But if you were trying to jam the keys in quickly, it wouldn't work unless you really paid the extra five bucks a month or whatever it was the phone company wanted to charge you for touch tone. I think that's just so weird to imagine how billing worked back then. That was crazy. Yeah, and how technology worked back then. Oh, it's, yeah. You just look, and the technology's taken off so much just in like 50, 60 years. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we've been around for a lot of it. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, uh, I've been watching the uh, the Toys That Made Us on Netflix. Have you seen that? I have not. You know what? Actually, maybe I did see one. Uh, was it? A, I think I saw one about Lego. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, really, good. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good binge, dude. Like, they talk about He-Man, Ninja yeah. Turtles, um... G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Star Trek, Barbie. Uh, it's really funny because you talk about like the people like they're talking to people who actually worked in the biz at the time and the reasons why right. they did the shit they did. And they're just like full of just like some of them are just full of piss and vinegar and some are just like, yeah, we just did it to destroy like Hasbro or something like that. Like it was just really right. Funny. That's so, awesome. Yeah, because cool. now they stay away from anything that's like electronic video game kind of thing. It's just strictly toys, so like anything from like Simon to dolls yeah well i heard a rumor yeah. that they're actually going to do a video game episode they should totally. i think there's a lot of good i mean you know me i think there's a lot of rich history in that particular entertainment medium that just goes nobody talks about the same way that um and maybe nor should they because movies are such a major staple but yeah. um, video games kind of are now too and i feel like there's a lot of neat history in what's taken video games from pong to where it is today you know well, it's a, it's it a multi-billion dollar industry, man. Yeah, makes, exactly. Um, and also, I don't, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast or not, but I'm actually going to propose a class on live streaming that I could teach uh, in, the, in the next couple semesters or so. It's good. Like, I bet you would have a, a lot of interested people in that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope I don't have too much interest because there's only so much I can do. But sure. Um, and not just for video games, but there's a lot of people who do like makeup tutorials on YouTube are making a lot of money doing it. Yeah, that's true. And from like the media perspective, like showing them how to, you know, record, capture, and then edit their own videos for like playback. And so, you know, there'd be a lot going into it, lighting and things like that. So we'll see. I haven't really quite worked it out in my brain just yet, but there's another guy doing it at our university that I've been kind of in contact with, and he's been sort of teaching this on a trial basis. So uh, he's the real guinea pig, and I'm just going to be there to pick up the pieces. That's awesome. Oh, dude. I have a question. I have a gripe, actually. This is my first oh, gripe of I love season two of the Complete Box podcast. Um, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a deal with tape, like a tape that's adhesive is so strong that you can't get the tape off and you have to use some sort of like cleaner to get it up? Well, I mean, it depends. I guess, I don't know. Give me, tell me what you're dealing with here. Here is what I have dealt with, right? So... This past, was it winter? Uh, back when the old winter in the new summer began. Um, <laughs> Ellen put, she taped down rugs. So when you came in through the garage in the mudroom, essentially, like mm. you would, instead of tracking all the crap into the like house on the hardwood, you would stick to these multiple pieces of carpet yeah. uh, or rugs. And then you would continue on into the, the 
living room, kitchen, whatever. Yep. So she taped these down and it worked really well because obviously the, the rugs stayed. Well, then it was time to clean the rugs and what it left was an absolute disaster of a mess of <laughs> adhesive on this yep. stone tile that we have in the mudroom. So uh, we tried to get it up and it didn't happen. And so I took it upon myself this weekend. Alan's out of town. I was like, okay, I'm just going to tackle this. So I went and got some goo gone, right? Dude, okay. it took me two hours to oh, no. clean up this tape residue slash tape on this floor that is literally no bigger than, I would say, nine feet, probably by four feet. And that's <laughs> just the room itself. So, like, we're talking about just, like, a strip that is the length or the width of, a, a, like, a two desks wide or something like that. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not oh, really so the good tape- with- well, I'm trying to think. So the tape, obviously, is just about an inch wide, but you guys laid down like one gigantic long strip of it, or what did you do? Multiple strips of this for multiple rugs that we had placed. <laughs> yeah, so you need to get like, that rub, like the stuff they put up in shelves, man, that little uh, foam, rubbery, dude. grippy stuff, because you're right, that's a nightmare. Uh, and so <laughs> why we taped them down and not just got like an actual, like in our other rooms, like we have those uh, rubber mats that go under the rug so you don't slip. That's what I'm trying to describe, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so we, we have those. It's not like they don't exist because we use them in other places. Uh, right. So And maybe at the maybe it was just like, okay, we've got a lot of rugs and we need to get this taken care of because there's a lot of snow and salt and stuff. And So I don't know. Two hours on my hands and knees, scraping and wiping, and I'm covered in Goo Gone right now, and it smells like Goo Gone in the entire house. That's what happens when you got a lot of rugs. Well, it also what happens is like when our friends over at the Loose Thursday podcast say that all I do is yard work. Well, yard work season doesn't start for another month or two, so I'm now they doing do rug work. house yard work, in home, yeah. in home work, in home work. Never stops. But this is a podcast about probably video games and other things. So, do you want to talk about some of that stuff? Yeah, listen, I'm down. I'm ready if you're ready. <laughs> I am ready. All right. So first thing on the list is something that you wanted to talk about a few moons ago. Yeah. Uh, um, something so, that's kind of interesting that came out uh, kind of right around Christmas. It, there's a, a guy that I think is uh, a, a pretty interesting. He's a really cool guy named Frank Cifaldi. The uh, reason he's really cool or the reason I think highly of him is that he's really dedicated probably the last almost uh, 15 years, but especially the last few of his life to um, basically archiving video game history. Cause he's, he's hip to the idea that the same way some old film prints of like, you know, are just no longer recoverable. They are not even out there. And there are right. some pieces of software and hardware out there that are in such limited supply, like prototypes and things like that, that are just, you know, they've already been lost. And so whenever an opportunity comes up to find something that was otherwise thought lost, um, he works with other people and, and uh, benefactors to basically purchase the item for this historical organization for video game history. Well, yeah, because video they, game preservation is a really mm-hmm. hot topic right now, especially in like the retro world. Uh, exactly. Because yeah. those physical copies will not last forever. Yeah. And some of them just have this, some like – some of the most interesting and fascinating history that you can find in video games often doesn't belong to just Super Mario Brothers, although certainly it does major hits, but you can find a lot of really interesting and kind of like, I don't know, human stories in these weird little games that were like one-offs. Like, 
that just never took off. And now and they're from like some of the third party company. They get sued into oblivion by Nintendo. There's just a lot of like interesting stories that shaped really the marketplace of video games of that. Yeah, you just cannot get your hands on. So um, all that said, what uh, there was a game that and this often is what happens when there's one system out and there's another one right on the horizon is that they'll still be designing software for the current system, even though they know they're also designing software for the next one. And in that handoff, even though it might be right when you're starting to get some really cool games, um, in this case, we're talking like how we move from Nintendo to Super Nintendo, is that some of the really best looking games for original Nintendo started coming out like in 1991, 1992. But that was when the Super Nintendo came out. And one of the, I think a really interesting achievement from a coding standpoint to get a lot into what's otherwise a very simple platform, the Nintendos, they got SimCity put into the original Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And so um, they just kind of thought it was lost. There was, uh, it's the kind of thing that there were like thumbnails of screenshots and old issues of Nintendo Power and stuff like that, but no one had ever really made it available. And so... Um, this is like the Yeti prototype. of the Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so they know it's out there. <laughs> yeah, I guess we don't know the Yetis out there, but still, they knew it was out there. And they did find basically where like the, a tester had taken the and put the software onto a, a cartridge. Some of them just recently was able to get that to Frank. They were able to get the software off of it and finish coding it too because it wasn't complete. It didn't quite work all the way. So they finished it up and they got a fully functioning copy of SimCity for Nintendo. And so it's just kind of neat. Um, that's a lot of processing power to get all these little, like the grid. You remember you put the little property areas yeah. down and you had to build up cities and all that. It's a lot of, a lot of crunching for a computer to do in a way that it's not to just kind of run a character left and right. So from a technical standpoint, uh, a neat game that just uh, never saw the light of day. And if you really like the original Nintendo and you really like SimCity, it's definitely worth uh, finding online. It's free um, and it's easy to get your hands on. Yeah. Uh, it's, pretty crazy because i mean essentially just a watered down version of the one for super nintendo exactly which was a lot of fun uh and i'm not sure i haven't honestly looked into playing this just yet but uh imagine having this on your nintendo uh, when you built your cities did you were you more of a roads person or did you use just transit um when i when i was a kid it was just roads because i didn't understand the like pollution glitch. yeah and the pollution right just how much more you could squeeze out a rail compared to uh, cars. But as I've gone back and played the Super Nintendo one, and I have uh, occasionally over the years, I definitely, yeah, it's like I'll lay down two notches of road somewhere and then it's just rails the rest of the way. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, no, I had a lot of fun playing this game. If this were out for Nintendo, I don't think, you know, back if it came out back then, I probably wouldn't be that interested because when I was in the Nintendo age, it was all about platformers and stuff like that. So I probably wouldn't have been too into doing city stuff. But when I got older, like in my, you know, late, uh, young years, early teens. Uh, we used to play this game a lot at a buddy of mine, um, who would play it all the time and sort of, we just built cities and stuff. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, but this is really cool. Really cool. Fine. Um, I also was just reading this, this was originally for Commodore 64. Oh, I didn't realize that either. Like in terms Sim city was. Yeah. Sim city was on Commodore yeah. 64. I just know that it came from the guy who did it. Will Wright. He designed a game for Commodore 64, I think it was like Raid on Bungling Bay or something like that. But basically he said that he found a lot more fun in designing the game because it was like a game where you just played like a helicopter or something and you fired like a Tiger Heli, that kind of thing or something. 
but he liked making the towns and the roads and building the the ground that you were flying over more than he liked playing the game. And that's when he realized there's probably a market in just city building, the creative one rather than the destructive one. Because that's the thing. That's how all games were, you know, just fire, laser, destroy, target, get points. There wasn't a whole lot of the idea of using games to, you know, create inside of before SimCity. It kind of opened that whole world of simulation games. Right. Wide well, up. And, and speaking of which, um, so we've gone beyond, you know, the Sim City, and then they do like they have like Sim Coaster and Sim Ant or or whatever. Uh, but they also have the Sims, and that's kind of a cultural phenomenon as well. Oh, absolutely! For PC, like it was, it's like one of the most important. It's kind of like when everybody was getting Windows like ninety eight or Windows XP. That was like for a lot of households, that was their first like real computer, internet connected computer, and uh, kind of like a functional one. And I feel like everybody had the Sims. If you had if you had a PC with Windows uh, 98 or Windows XP on it, you had Sims on it as well. One of my favorite memories of The Sims was when this was our early college years, back when <laughs> we exactly were terrible at college. <laughs> and I think was it you that was a part of this? Because I know it was uh, yeah, definitely yeah. okay. Where oh, we were definitely. playing The Sims on PlayStation uh, Two, and you guys decided to take my character and essentially <laughs> make me piss myself to death. <laughs> That's probably the best way to word it. It was Gus and I. We were really rude to you, so we all decided we just put in a money code, and we decided we would just throw house parties, and that was it. Except you, you had to have a job, but <laughs> your bedroom was just like one really small room, like as small as we could fit, and we just put a uh, like a one wall like anchored in the middle of it, just so we could attach a toilet to it, and then the toilet faced a window, which outside the window was a pink flamingo. And I just, because we just thought it was so fun to make you sit and stare at this flamingo and the one thing we'd let you do in your room. It was pretty cruel. Luckily, it wasn't real life, but yeah, um, Gus and I got pretty creative. We, a lot of laughs were had that night over some pretty stupid looking stuff, but oh yeah, that God. was a hell of a lot of fun. Well, so creativity goes to a whole new level. And a little over a week ago, this on Kotaku, this uh, author, Kate Gray, puts out this article titled, I made a sex club in The Sims and everyone got pregnant. Yeah. This oh, is awesome. So just like any other PC game, you can mod the hell out of it, right? So Grand Theft Auto has tons of mods. Um, every other game you can mod like crazy and sort of get sort of the things that you want out of it. Well, this mod's called Wicked Whims, and essentially you can introduce sex, like actual sex, into your sim world. Uh, <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. I've been waiting so long for this to come. My, yeah, we We've I'm sure this right. has actually been around for a long time. I have a feeling this has been oh around for a long time. But yeah. if you were to look at the article, okay, this is on Kotaku, and the author's name is Kate Gray. Title is, I made a sex club in the, in the Sims, and everyone got pregnant, so you can just Google that, okay? Um, basically, what she did was take one woman and turn her into a swinger. She wanted to be an actress, so she set limits on like the the quality of people that she would have sex with in this sex club. Oh, wow. And if you go through the pictures, I mean, there is some graphic things happening for uh, everybody oh, involved, as cl- including a little bit of a fellatio in a toilet. So, um, yeah, that's good. That's that's how you know she's a keeper. You, that's the kind you introduce to your parents. That's what a nice. What hey, a mom, nice... she gives good blumpkin. This is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, no, that's um... funny. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, so that's I don't know what to make of getting it on The Sims. I. It worries me, but at the same time, you know, it's probably not the same thing. It just makes me think of like the like a thirteen year old boy just really wished that like they had a code to take Lara Croft's clothes off. 
right it's a very it's that kind of thing where yeah i don't know i'm sure this type of thing has been around as long as 13 year old boys yeah so there's there was at least one out there is exceptional at coding well right? there was something in the original tomb raider i think wasn't there no, that's something with her with a rumor. pool or something like that. Yeah, they're just. I mean, big not rumor. like near naked, but like I thought there was something with her in a pool. Yeah, I thought so too, but I'm pretty sure it was kind of like just those gaming rumors. Like uh, they used to be, oh, well, you can actually play a scorpion in Mortal Kombat One if you play the pit stage 150 <laughs> times in a row and lose. And here comes Noob Sabot. Uh, yeah, just stuff that didn't make any sense. Um, yeah. I feel like that was a lot of rumor driven. Yeah, th- my favorite. This is also. Just kind of a tangent, but in terms of video game uh, rumors and kind of urban legends that just never held up, but everybody shared them. Had, did you ever hear from anyone that you could play Duck Hunt by aiming the gun in a light bulb and it's pulling the trigger? Yes, I've heard that. Yeah, and then did you ever like see anybody do it? No. Because it can't be fucking done. I just think that's so crazy to me. I had so many people my friends when I was kids, like, oh yeah, I've seen them. Like I had friends who like would swear they saw their cousin do it. And then you grow up and you're like, oh man, that guy's <laughs> anybody that guy's who's ever said their cousin grave. has done anything. Yeah. You already know they're full of under shit. Under the age of 14. Oh my God. Means that no they kidding. haven't done anything. And their girlfriend is not from Niagara Falls. It doesn't exist. Yeah. That's dude. I bring up the like, girlfriend's not from Niagara Falls and people look at me and blink. They don't understand. I'm like, nah, forget it. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain. I'm trying to say they're making up a girlfriend. And if I do, you're going to still ask all of them. Why the hell did you say? Uh, you have Niagara Falls. Do you think that this is a, the sex club in The Sims is a safe, safe way for people to explore their sexuality? I mean, let's get, let's get Dr. Ruth in this. Let's. All right. I, I have an answer to that. I think, no, I think <laughs> I would give the healthy, healthy answer to that is that if you are interested in exploring uh, your sexual desires, I think, as you described it, you shouldn't be doing it um, through a video game. It's not healthy to make two like computer-generated Barbie and Ken dolls bump their groins together because there's, there's hardly anything in there that is even sexual. It's just like avatars probably going woohoo! Like I bet like a little word bubble pops up over their head with like asterisks and pound signs and stuff. It's half it's like campy comic book stuff. Well, like, I forgot it's a mod. I just bet it doesn't pull it off. You know what I mean? It's like, I, it's like that patch when I was talking about with, uh, oh, Skyrim we did, where mm-hmm. I was just trying to make all the graphics look better, and I just laid mod over mod over mod, and then I finally got it working, so I had Kate play it, and then I found out that there was a nudity mod installed on it. And it ah. was just like, man, like, who's like, you know what this game's missing? Titties. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, I just think that's so weird that, I like ice cream and I like pizza, but I don't need to have it together like that. I don't know. Yeah, but ice cream after crazy. pizza Sims, is wonderful. Sims doesn't make me go like, man, I'm feeling a little randy. You know? Okay, like, so then what about, about okay, so what about those who fall in love over games like Second Life? <laughs> I was yeah, that's even vulgar to say. I, I I guess it works, although save up your money, you know. Because people be out here feel falling in love in many different other. ways, man. It's the twenty first century. Yeah, I guess so. There's Reddit well, meetups don't... for people who like dogs in the uh... archaeologist, the hu- the what did like hu- humanism. The part of me there goes, that's we did so well without this for the last oh fifty thousand years. I don't know what's happened in the last ten. Well, we've begun to displace each other with with online relationships and the uh, yeah. I'm kind of like eh. get to know people. 
I don't know yeah. if you can do that by taking two sim dolls and then making them hump. Kind of. <laughs> That's my point. That's just the point. <laughs> you made That's it sound really like you're, you made it sound like Barbie and Ken. You just set them up to where they just touch private parts. That's what the pictures look like, man. <laughs> it just looked like this, these dolls without clothes on standing up in dollhouses having sex. It's creepy to me when I see shit like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, I'm I'm not I am not disagree with you. This is creepy, absolutely. Oh no, you were saying earlier before but we started hilarious. that you actually really like playing it, and you're like a huge fan. Well, I tell you what, if somebody were to games. present this to me, I would play it, and I would come up with something dumb like this. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, you didn't say that earlier. Uh, but but, yeah. but okay, so you play VR, right? Those VR chats. I you, do. I would I would bet there's some sort of sexual component in that with avatars. <laughs> So you talking like so some guy in like Bethesda, Maryland's gonna get a flashlight and then he's gonna get into a VR chat with you know some other guy who says he's a girl but he's based out of Seattle but really in like you know Kankakee, like is that <laughs> is that what you're thinking is like this love relationship that could happen? Over no, VR I, okay, but I'm just okay. So there's people can have relationships in other ways. Uh, well, then break throw me a couple. I mean, okay, so there's like different. I mean, so I'm not saying falling in love, like not just falling in love, but like people do get other stuff out of this as like companionship or like oh, as an sure. escape, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I guess I'm just, uh, from an academic perspective, um, when you live through somebody else, you know what I mean? It's sort of, you can change who you are and not have to live in reality. Well, and so yeah, people are still getting like the same, uh, like, you know, you said meet people, go out and meet people. Like they're still getting that same satisfaction, but just digitally. And well, in a thing. safe environment to them. Speaking, are they getting the same satisfaction or is it not just displacement to them? It's a, to them. Be? It's well, okay. Obviously it's displaced, but like to them, it's as real as it's going to get. Right. Because no, I, I mean, it. there's a lot of incels out there, bro, is what I'm saying. I, exactly. And some people like eat really unhealthy foods to like to cope and it puts their health in jeopardy. There's all kinds of ways that people kind of, there's a hole in their lives and they fill it with something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like with the, with some of the, with with making your Sims be a porn game, unless it's like this lady, which is just to see how insane and weird and stupid it is. Yeah, if she's obviously if, doing it for laughs, but there are people exactly. out there. Oh yeah, and I think the people out there, I, I kind of my heart breaks for them, and not in like a, oh you're a loser, but more like oh man, I wish your health insurance allowed you to see a therapist because we could probably find a better outlet. <laughs> probably. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But it's people like you are keeping them hidden and down. No, they can't not. rise up and be themselves. All right. So the same people out there who are going to reach out to me about that first thing, if you're thinking that this is what that game is, you somebody be nice Listen, to it's you. Donald Trump America. Va- anybody vaccines, can be anything now. If it's vaccines and Sims porn and you're looking for somebody just to give you some <laughs> advice on what to do about those two problems, I'm all ears. Just find me online. Find me online at phil.ernst at wikipedia.kotaku.org. Exactly. Worth oh it. Yep. It's actually what I have my business cards. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a good conversation. We're back. I feel, <laughs> I'm feeling really good about this. All right, Phil. Let's talk about something super nerdy. Uh, you have on here uh, something about uh, the machine is rescuing old game textures. And yeah, that is neat. All right. So, what people remember from especially the the very beginning, like the compact disc era of video games are what kind of a way to get around the limitations of it, but still give it a really good looking um, set of graphics is they would do pre-rendered backgrounds. And so what that would mean is it's 
like think of like Final Fantasy VII. You've got the really blocky polygonal or polygonal looking cloud, and he's walking on top of what isn't actually an interactive world. It's just an image of it. And they program where he can and can't walk over the top of it or underneath of it if it's through like a tunnel, but it's really still just like a puppet show. Uh, Resident Evil is the same way. Mm-hmm. There's no really moving in the room. You just have a still image of a room and then your guy walks through it. Right. But now the problem is you also know that think of like Nintendo 64, uh, Super Mario 64. There are no pre-rendered backgrounds on that. And what people have been able to do, uh, Ocarina of Time, same thing, is they've kind of been able to go in, find those polygon textures, and soup them up and make them look good. So you still end up with very jagged shapes in there, but you can make them look really crisp and better than they were looking at the time. You can kind of step it up. But the the wall you hit when you try to do that with, say, Resident Evil or Final Fantasy VII, yeah, you can go and update their polygons so the clothes look good on screen, but you really can't do shit about that pre-rendered background because it's still the same like 240p image that they put on the disc back in, you know, like 1997. So this has been a problem for a while as folks have been trying to mod and modernize old games that, you know, the old content providers just aren't getting done to meet the, you know, the interest in it. And so you end up with these kind of loose crews of people just doing it on their own. But along the way, some folks have found that they could do some machine learning by basically showing it enough images that were at low res and then what they looked like at high res and basically ran just thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures through it. And then eventually they were able to run the old kind of pixelated rough looking pre-rendered backgrounds from Final Fantasy VII, um, from I guess old game textures in Zelda. I know it mentions that, but um, yeah, just basically anything that has those old pre-rendered backgrounds, now we can fix them and it just does it a much quicker way and it made uh particularly final fantasy 7 look a hell of a lot more palatable while still running it as like most of the original gaming code so just a neat little thing uh as they're finding ways to remove some of the components of old games that make them feel a little more dated than they should uh particularly in that nintendo 64 and uh, playstation sega saturn era of consoles so is this like uh, a result of the crap that whenever they redo a Final Fantasy game and put it on mobile or put it on exactly, like, it's like it just looks like crap, like real bad. Yep, 100%. Yeah, because pe- they just don't get it. They're so they're starting is this over machine and rescuing games. Is this machine rescuing games sort of be like the premise for the new Terminator movie? Like, <laughs> this is this is yeah, actually Skynet. Yeah, there's a million. Uh, I, I would add, I would let Elon Musk answer that question before I would. Um, oh he seems to alarmed about ai i mean i guess i am too but i'm more alarmed by people and avarice than i am the computers they use it for but um yeah i just think that it's uh it's just a really neat they're already using machine learning for like so many other things and someone like me you know it's fascinating and you know it's doing yeah. some really neat stuff but you're just like what the hell can you use it for and so then you're, you're like a kid like from weird science with the bra on his head putting the that, <laughs> they both had bras and red i'm pretty sure <laughs> Speaking um, of which, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Indie PopCon uh, is coming up, and the kid from Weird Science is actually going to be there. Son, I love how the, the kid from Weird Science, because you know what that means? It's the one that isn't Anthony Michael Hall. That's right. It's like, the other. <laughs> if you can't remember the guy's name, he's the guy from the movie. The other guy's, while he's in the movie, his he's actually Anthony Michael Hall. It's the other guy from Wham. Exactly. Yeah. We. Uh, well, that's what we used to say, right? It was like there's only two people in the world who know. Uh, the name of the other guy in Wham, and it's Andrew Ridgely and Andrew yeah. Ridgely's mom. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't know his name, but I think on like the uh, promotional. Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> yeah, it's Andrew Ridgely. I can't remember his name. Yeah. But anyway, he's going to be there in case you wanted to go get your uh, doll. Sign. Oh, then you mean, sorry, you mean the guy from. Yeah. yeah, I don't know his name either. Never mind. Yeah, that's awesome. You have to go get a, a picture of him. Are you into that? Are you into parting ways of 40 bucks to get a picture with the no. guy who says, uh, it's a me, Mario. Oh, dude. Oh, that'll be $50. Dude, I have Thanks. a story. I have a story. So we got this new guy at work. He's like our digital media uh, mastermind, which means he handles our websites and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and so in a bonding moment, I decided to go with him to this event in which he wants to meet Roman Reigns, who is a wrestler. I don't watch wrestling. wrestling name. I don't know what Roman Reigns look like. What? That's a great wrestling name. I've never heard of it. But as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah. that guy's a wrestler. Um, apparently he's a really good wrestler. He's also like a cancer survivor or currently has cancer. He's like a really good dude, apparently. So, uh, we go to this event, right. And there are hundreds of people lined up to meet this guy. I mean, hundreds, he's like a really oh. big dude and it only costs like, so this was at this event where it was like a car show, uh, like an antique car show. And, but the main event was this dude was signing autographs for a couple hours, whatever people waiting in line with like champion, like, uh, replica championship belts, t-shirts, pictures, stuff like that. So this dude wants to go meet him. I was like, yeah, dude, I'll tag around for the adventure. Dude, stood in line for four hours and never even got an autograph. <laughs> I hope that line just smelled of like Hormel chili farts the whole time too, dude. Well, that's, that's a, it great. was, dude, it was such a mishmash of people. Like I had no interest in getting, like by the time, by the time it got to like the, the four hour mark, we're waiting in line. Like finally they're just oh, letting shit. people like literally just like go through the line, shake his hand and get off the stage. Right. That was it. Like you didn't get to say hi. You didn't get to ask him to sign anything. You didn't get a picture. You just walked up, shook his hand and, and walked oh out. My God. Uh, and so I got out of line at that point. Cause I was like, dude, like I have no interest in like, I never had an interest in getting this dude to sign anything anyway. Cause I'm just not that type. Like I don't need an autograph from anybody. Uh, and so it was at least just really of all, Roman reigns or whatever the hell this guy's name is. Yeah. Four Holy hours, shit. man. Four hours. Yeah, my back well, was thrashed. Great... Oh, I bet for, your back was fresh. I just like how, man, you put in those 40 hours a week and you're like, finally, this this time's for me. And you spend it in four <laughs> hours waiting in line to get an autograph you don't care about from a wrestler that doesn't matter. <sighs> man, there was a Holy time in my shit. life where wrestling, that was it. There was only wrestling and there was nothing else. There was only Zool and it was wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. So, but I just couldn't believe, like, and so one dude just got mad. Like, he ripped up this man's picture in front of him because he didn't get a chance to get a sign. Like, there were some <laughs> outlaws. There's some well, yeah, outlaws dude, at I mean, this place. That's because that is what would happen on the sh- on the fucking wrestling show if that was written into the script. Like, that's that's good for him. I think he's probably learned his life is based on what he's learned from watching professional wrestling. What I learned that day is that Hoosiers are passionate about three things. Basketball, farming. Well, no, let's say that basketball, racing, and wrestling. Don't mess with those things because they will tear you apart. Uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Still don't know what he does. Still don't know his special move or anything like that. Don't know. It's probably the probably the jackknife twist. You know what it is? It's probably the Roman fire. Probably gives him the reins. It's always gonna have something with his fucking name in it. Yeah, and I should give this guy credit. Like he's actually like a nice guy. So like I was, yeah, it was right. cool. We got a chance to talk and know each other. We met a couple guys in line that were actually decent human beings. Like yeah, they were there to meet this person, but one person he owned a toy store and he just wanted to get something signed so he could sell it for a higher price or something like that. You know what I mean? So like yeah, for sure. That's I was good. like, dude, I I I get the hustle. I'm just here 
And I was like, you got anything else you want him to sign? Because, like, I have no issue. Like, I'm not taking anything home. So if you got something else, like, I'll sign it and give it to you. Just give me a discount next time I'm in the toy store or whatever. Yeah. So Fair enough. Yeah, I'm not a wrestling fan. I never really have been. I just, I was raised in a household where my dad, he definitely looked down on it. of Like, this is fake. And then I had friends who were my age. And it was quite obviously fake. And then I had friends who just swore, like, nope, it's not fake. It's real. And I just thought, I can't get into that shit. <laughs> and so, I've been that way for a few things. I have a hard time believing that all my friends are like, yep, I believe this. Yeah. Climbing on the top of a cage like the Undertaker fake dad? Mm. Is this body slam fake? Tell me. <laughs> they're like, they'll be like, once every two years, there'll actually be blood. And they're like, see? I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, the other <laughs> fucking 100 fights they did, they... They punched each other with their forearms, man. You see this neck like, brace? That's real, Dad. That's a real yeah, neck right. brace. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, we're getting off track. So let's talk into something else on track. Do you remember Crank Yankers? Do you? I do remember Crank Yankers. Some of the funniest things. I remember you and I cracking each other up just oh repeating, God. in general, what Tracy Morgan was saying. <sighs> Dude, I'm not gonna lie. Like I watched that before we got on today. Did you? <laughs> where he's placing an ad in the Village Voice. <laughs> oh right, I remember the one he's ordering flowers and he's getting the card filled out. That's the oh, one I remember the most. Oh my god, shouldn't steal my stuff. I gotta have a C-section scar. Yeah, that. Yeah, oh my god, dude. Oh, oh my god. shit, that's so funny. So that so that's weird. like almost 20 years old at this point. Yeah, I bet. I bet it is. So that's I think that was 90s. like what was that early 2000s? Like 2001. Yeah, 2002? it's like. It's the same age as uh, Insomniac with David Tell. Whatever oh, Craig man. Giggers I is in age. I that show too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, same time I was watching like <laughs> that show as well. Um, so they're dude, Comedy Central is bringing it back. They're bringing back Crank Yankers. That's crazy. Like, well, hell, I'd watch it. I mean, if it, it involves somebody getting wound up, hell, I was just at. Uh, I went to had a doctor's appointment. And as I'm sitting there waiting to get called back, this is recently the other day, um, <laughs> some lady calls up and just basically is just yelling at the receptionist. And receptionist is kind of pulling the phone from her ear. She's like, no, ma'am, we didn't call Burger King. And I find out that it was like somebody spoofed Burger King, but they spoofed like with just some number. And it was the hospital. And I just – this lady was so upset, and I just thought, wow, people really do still get upset about prank calls. Isn't that like yeah. the least – inconvenient thing that could happen to you. You were in charge of the situation right now. You could just press end call, you know? And it's just so funny that they're like, no, uh, uh, like I'm going to call this yeah. number. Oh fuck. So funny. So yeah, crank fingers. I could see getting pretty funny with some people on the other end of the phone. Yeah. I would love to see Tracy Morgan come back. I'm sure Jimmy Kimmel will probably be, I mean, he's like the, one of the co-creators. I mean, Adam Carolla. Right. So like, Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> um, I think th this is going to work, especially now in this generation where, we live for the meme and the gif, right? Or Jeff, or if you're yeah, a monster. That's um, and the YouTube generation, right? They, these clips will work perfect for YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, did mm -hmm. you catch uh, that one phone call or whatever? And you, boom, like, you just pull it up on YouTube. And not that you couldn't do it before, but like now everybody has their phone. It's going to be a little different. Like, nobody in the last five years has gone, hey, man, did you catch that thing on Crank Yankers like seven years ago? Right. Right. Um, so I think this is going to be perfect. I think they'll find footing with this for sure. Just, just based on internet clicks and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, but they're signed up for 20 episodes. <laughs> That's great. 20, 20 episodes. Dude. Man, people be craving nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And like you said, though, even if it doesn't land that hard, they can upload bits and pieces of it where they can. And 
see what sticks and what doesn't. Crank Yankers, to me, will always remind me of our failed first attempt at college. Yeah, we're part of it. There's a lot of good failure in it. Well, I'm just saying, like, not because Crank Yankers didn't make us fail out of college. What I'm saying is it's just during that era. Ah, sure. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's in that window of time. Yeah. So, like, this, Kaza, download movies to watch when I worked in the computer lab in college. Oh, oh right, yeah, this is a little earlier. So we were back in like I forgot this isn't yeah, quite this is Illinois the State. IBCC this is like days. Illinois Valley. Yeah. Watching That's funny. The, a lot of Dave Chappelle. Yeah, a lot of watching Dave the Dave Chappelle stand up or listening to listening. it like ad nauseum. Uh-huh. I I had just found Modest Mouse. I think that was right when Good News for People Like Bad News came out and that C D didn't leave my player for I'm pretty sure we had a Zanga at this memories. point. Memories. Remember the Zanga? Oh dude, Zangas were the fucking worst and the best. <laughs> Like, I'm so glad my shit, you can't find it online. My MySpace is pretty much, I don't know where it is, if I can even get into it, or it's even up. But I'm glad my Zangas are gone. Some probably very embarrassing blogging going on with uh, with Zanga there, I'm afraid. Dude, I hope it never resurfaces. I think I did recaps on the real world at some point. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I remember being, like, really worried for a long time, right, that, like, that stuff being out there was, like, kind of a problem. And... Then I remember that everybody has probably more worse shit than I do yeah. out there. Yeah. So at this point, like the it's the needle in a haystack didn't even get to it in terms of everybody's got some sort of digital footprint at this point that they're like, oh yeah, that's probably dumb. At least people our age, you know, people that yeah. where the internet was where it is. Yeah, I'm definitely not running for president, but like at the same exactly, time, I'm also not exactly. worried about losing my job. So. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's that. That's exactly where I sit. Right between those two. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> forget politics it's too deep but yes i'm not gonna lose my job over it for something i posted no, 20 definitely years ago. not jeez man what are what good times uh mm-hmm. hey you got time to talk about uh toxic video gamers yeah what the hell i'm always down to gripe and bitch about people who are douchebags what about dead mouse man like do you are you familiar with the tunes and strategies of our man dead mouse well see so with dead mouse i know him as a dj right yeah yeah, so I know Dead Mouse uh, just as like I couldn't even tell you any songs. If anything else, it's the inundation I've had on Facebook and YouTube for a while of those master class. Yeah, and oh, that's right, like, he did those. He was it was always like learn electric electronic music production with Dead Mouse, and then comedy with Steve Martin, etc., and score writing with Hans Zimmer, and yeah, whatever. His with the that's how I knew Dead Mouse was from that. Couldn't Dead Mouse also kind of looks like a guy who just barely escaped a meth like explosion. Right. You know, like it's if you take 50% that and then like 50% Tom York, he's like a little, he's a spindly little thing, but he doesn't look, he doesn't look dangerous. He doesn't look hardened like meth might do. He just looks like maybe he's been living in a motel for too long. Yeah. Well, our boy, he also is quite the Twitch streamer. So, and he plays a lot of video games and he's a pretty, he's actually an avid gamer. So, wow. okay. it, yeah, you probably have some time in your hand after you're done, you know, hitting the switches, uh, DJ. I'm not gonna, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Fuck Dead Mouse. Me and Dead Mouse are the same person. <laughs> I used to DJ too. I just, you know, mine was on no, a much different level. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Saying. Like, I'm, yeah. dude, I could never compare myself to any actual DJ. I was trash. I played. Oh, this guy you don't want. To. Oh, you did. You did all right. I think it's all relative. Well, I didn't okay. make my own shit. I didn't make, make my own mixes. Mm. Fair enough. You I just played for the people. Taste. And by the people, I mean myself. And if you came and requested yeah. a song, I was very angry at you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but you know what? I don't know. I think you had 
there are DJs out there that have way worse taste. At least you weren't trying to determine whether you should or shouldn't play Crazy Bitch for a third time in oh one my night. God, dude. Oh, you know, you were you were never in that dilemma, so you had a head start on other DJs doing bar music. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, to me to derail you. Go ahead. Yeah. So Dead Mouse, he, he streams on Twitch a lot, and he was in a a match or whatever, and he decided to, you know, start throwing out some derogatory language, man, some homophobic shit. Hmm. And which is a huge problem in the gaming world. It and it's obviously not gonna stop anytime soon right. because toxic gaming is real and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kinda gone wild. Yeah. And he, he didn't even issue like an apology. He's like, whatever, man. Like the, I am who I am. And Twitch banned well, Twitch banned him because of the stuff that he said. Which is good yeah. on Twitch. But like he pulls like, right. well, well, you know, why can't I just speak my mind? Blah blah blah. And people are, no, uh, you know, he's I the one that, that was causing it. And so when I call somebody an effing whatever, you know, it's on them or some borderline stupid shit. So I just don't get, I don't get it. I don't get the, the need for it or whatever. Or at least my other big bitch is that they always say it's inhibiting someone's freedom of speech. Now. I don't know. I just don't think that it is. Like, no one's coming and taking you away in the night. Like, you get to express your opinion. It's just that you chose a proprietary uh, private enterprise to do it on, and they said it was against their values. You know, because no one's, like, being kicked off for what I would even describe as just differences of opinion. Yeah. I mean, of course, I guess they are, but it's not down to, like, oh, everybody who thinks blue's better than orange got kicked off of there. It's not like that. It's about things that can be directly related to other people being either marginalized or, you know, there's just a lot of racial tension and history and violence and crime that is a very sticky situation. And it's extended the same way to like a lot of our other just cultural angles, including sexuality. Yeah. I don't know if just, it's not that hard to get a little bit of care practiced on it, but at the same time, yeah, I guess it's freedom of speech, dude. You can say what you want. You can just be kicked off a of Twitch for it. Yeah, that's I'm not, all about freedom of speech. Freedom you can of speech say whatever you away. want, but you have to remember yeah. that those actions have consequences. They have consequences. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like nobody's gonna, nobody's taking him to jail for it. Right. No, nobody seized his house. You know. It, but it's on you yeah, if your revenue stream changes because of the dumb shit you've said. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like if I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a plumber, but I'm gonna paint. You know something that the Westboro Baptist church would have a sign of on the side of my work truck. I can't be pissed if no one wants my services. Yeah, Cause that's on you. It's the same shit. Right. So, and it, that's like that person who got really upset because he, when that whole Colin Kaepernick, uh, Kaepernick thing happened, uh, some guy ran a sporting goods store out in Colorado. I think it read, he decided he quit oh, carrying Nike yeah. and then he went out of business. Man. It's like, well, yeah, dude, like you can't, I don't know. People <laughs> want to buy Nike and some of them actually wanted to buy Nike more especially young people after yeah. it all kind of split. It seems like young people, either you're wearing under armor and you're, you hunt and you think people should stand and we need a wall. It's just, it's so weird. Like the other side of it is the opposite on all those, except now you're wearing Nike and you oppose hunting. Which is weird because Nike isn't necessarily like the most glamorous corporation. I mean, like, no, they're like not. eight year olds are literally right. making the shoes, you know what I'm saying? Or like having the past. So it's not <laughs> exactly. like, it's not like they're above everything. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I didn't run out and go buy Nike because they like took that. a stand against, you know, right. racism or whatever. It's, I mean, Nike is not without fault. Let's be honest. I mean, so. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I think you're totally right. That's where, you know, it's important. I think people to see it all at once, but yeah, it, it, it gave him good, uh, 
good karma in the moment, at least to, at least for a lot of people, it, it seems like even if, yeah, they, uh, they have little kids making their shoes, which is not a good thing. No. Usually. Nah, nah, fam. It's not how it works. No. Nope. But anyway, toxic nah, gaming fam. is bad and this won't change until people like dead mouse and ninja and uh, all the other like top notch streamers who a lot of people watch. Right. And those kids are watching and they want to be that person and they start to pick up the things that they say and, and then it just becomes, you know, but that, but it's always been a thing even before Twitch. Right. Think about like when I was in my twenties yeah, sure playing against a kid in Madden, who's like 13 and just being the most un like just the most racist things I've ever heard of coming out of somebody's mouth was from like a 13. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's crazy. So this isn't like, Oh geez. And even like in our teenagers, probably just sitting on a couch before they were even playing online. Just, it wasn't uncommon, especially I yeah. think to use uh, ones about, you know, homosexuality slurs back and forth. Of course it didn't have the same kind of connotation, but it doesn't change it. Obviously. I don't know. I think a lot of people have become wise, myself included. Yeah. That, it's not it's okay to change like your anymore. your thoughts and grow yeah, from like exactly. some of that bullshit yes exactly. you know what i mean exactly. when we were in high school dudes kissing was gross you know what i mean like but now oh yeah tear it up like i, I love it up. you know what i mean so yeah exactly tear it up yeah dude that's a really good way to put it i remember just thinking and it's even funny like it was just such a cultural thing and like we lived in a small town so it was more heightened i think the concern of well, I hope they ain't gay. Yeah. You know, you, there, there's always that kind of thing. and But it was, <laughs> you'd always hear it softened a little bit. And I, at least from some people like, well, listen, I don't have any problem with it. But, <laughs> you know, unless they're hitting on me and then I'm going to beat them yeah, up. I'm not a racist, like, but, what? I just, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, I don't think, I think you just don't want to be one, but you might still be yeah. one. It's better than, better than being like, I'm glad to be a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm proud of it. <laughs> we're loud, through we're and through. Right. So, yeah. well, as I said, stuff like this won't change unless people like Dead Mouse, you know, understand yep. what they say has more than just an effect on them, but other people. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Moving on. Uh, what we got here? Uh, oh, this is a good one. Here's some positive stuff, Phil. Link's Awakening is being remade for the Switch. Yeah, that's. I think that's pretty excellent. It's looking pretty good. That's a game I never played, but. Because I never had it on Game Boy, uh, but I would like to play this. And you coming to Switch, I'm in. Yeah, I would check it out. I would even check it out on Game Boy first, um, at least get a feel for it, because it might be harder to step back down to it, but I've got it. Um, I've played it through it. If I remember I like right, it it's like a platformer almost, right? Like There are some platforming elements. Like, Well, first off, you're really kind of at a disadvantage, right? Because that game is not a Game Boy version of... The Legend of Zelda, it's really more like a Game Boy version of The Link to the Past, the one that came out on Super okay. Nintendo, um, in terms of you like your item menu and the controls and all that. Um, it, and it even looks a hell of a lot like the trees, the pits, the the overground or uh, overworld. But the problem is you don't have all the buttons. So you're switching buttons a lot. It's frustrating in that game. It's just necessary where you have to equip your sword in one hand and maybe this thing is a feather so you can jump. Uh, your shield, your hook shot, you're just, it's really kind of clunky in that regard, but otherwise it's pretty funny. They just, you could tell they didn't take it very seriously. Uh, Nintendo takes all of their, almost all their Zelda properties pretty seriously now. And that one is pretty goofy, but um, I don't know. It's kind of like Super Mario World, the Mario, the first Mario game on Game Boy. Mm -hmm. That's not really like Mario. No. You know, the fireballs don't behave the same way or anything. 
it's just kind of culturally like a spiritual successor, I think is what they kind of describe stuff like that as. And I feel like the same way with uh, Link's Awakening. It's very fun, but it's got some elements in it that showed up for the first time there and then never came back. And so it's kind of its own little thing. Yeah, I uh, I hope that they keep remaking some of this stuff for the Switch because, again, that's stuff I never got the chance to play. I mean, I'm just really looking forward to them actually releasing Super Nintendo games, 64 games, uh, maybe even some GameCube stuff. Like, that would make my Switch the ultimate machine. And then I'd quit having to try right. and find cables that would work and then spend 100 bucks on a game that I may only play through once. You know what I mean? And so... Like, I mean, Absolutely. there is still the collector part of me that would like to have it, but also there's a part of me that just wants to play it. Uh, and so speaking of switch, I actually just bought the, uh, NES controllers for the switch. So I, Oh, awesome. Yeah, they're pretty great. Uh, I've heard they're really good. Yeah, yeah. They're really, I mean, they're expensive, but they're yeah. great. They just attach it. You but can attach the switch and charge the original, them. right? It's pretty cool. So came up. I think they're identical to like in terms of dimensions. Oh yeah. They feel exactly the, the same. That's, I think that in and of itself is pretty yeah. neat. I wish they come out with a dog bone version, though, because it's easier in my hands, but, you know. God, you're like the one person in the world who probably likes the dog I bone. I do like the dog bone controller. I don't hate it. I thought I would like it, but I have I tried to play it. Remember, we were at the that event over in Ames, Iowa, mm-hmm. that uh, meetup for that uh, Midwest gaming, yeah. um, retro gaming crew. And, yeah, they had a little contest in the back that was using a dog bone to play Mario, and I, I was worried I might have broken rules because I thought, well, hell, I'll just use my own square one. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I you're the only person who would bring their, their own controller to that event. Yeah, I just brought everything because I figured that's what we're doing for the meetup. <laughs> so I had a couple controllers handy. We're going to play a Tecmo yeah. Super Bowl deathmatch. If you lose, you die. There you go. That's a, that's a very high stakes game of Tecmo Super Bowl. As long as I get to be the Giants and you get to be the Buccaneers, I think. Right. Uh, question. Are you going to go to the Midwest gaming classic in Milwaukee in April? I've, I've really thought about it. I think it'd be really neat. It looks like they've got a lot of really cool stuff up there. I don't know that it's so massive that it's a huge pain in the ass and I don't know. And it's, but it's definitely not a joke. Like they've got a lot of really cool stuff, but I think they do a better job from what I've seen of what I'm interested in. Like a lot of people do comic cons and there's just that kind of like being a nerd is awesome overall feel where there's a little bit of video games there's a little bit of this that midwest retro gaming conference or whatever that's strictly you know no are you interested in the vectrex or are you interested in this commodore 64 it's even just shit i've never played yeah. in amiga like there's gonna be so yeah. many so much cool i am in fact interested like, in early all of those stuff. things yeah i think so i think that kind of stuff would be really great so i'm, I'm really entertaining idea of, of going up there how about you yeah i uh, am actually planning on buying my tickets here in the next week or so um, I've got a friend who lives in Milwaukee that I'm going to crash with. And I would bet oh, that awesome. if you decided to come up for a night or whatever, we could probably make something work. You know what I mean? Or you and I can go in, in a hotel I'll room or something, mind. or you can stay at this guy's place. He's pretty cool. So, um, Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. I can air mattress it up in Milwaukee for sure. Show. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then also ne- next to this, you have the super Mario brothers first run copy sells for $100,000, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I had come upon that about a week ago, a little over, and uh, I just read a headline today that somebody actually talked to the guy who sold it and he was thinking he probably, probably a bad move. He said <laughs> he probably should have waited and sat on it. So it increased in value. So wait, do you uh, think that he, game, you think that he like, could you think he could have got more than a hundred K for that? That's, 
not now, but the the value of it is set to increase a lot harder because it's a really, really rare game, but it's also associated like I feel like it's kind of like what you see happen with baseball cards or you see with what used to be a really hot trading like collectability commodity that when it's no longer being used by everybody, it just kind of that generation passes and it's a lot of them lose their value. Yeah. Right. Like I bet baseball cards are worth a lot of money in 1988 are probably not necessarily worth a lot of money in 2018. Right. That's what I'm saying. But. But there are some cards that are like the Honus Wagner card. No one's, you know what I mean? That card is not going to run out of money because that's one considered like the most important baseball card or whatever in all of baseball card right. collecting. And this Super Nintendo, sorry, Super Mario Brothers copy for NES is basically like a Honus Wagner. So what happened was when Nintendo was first coming from Japan to America, they, it was strictly a test market in New York. And uh, they, I think they worked with a few toy stores up there. And their first run of like games that came out, there weren't even commercials really yet. Uh, it was just kind of word of mouth still. And it was the black box art we all know that they stayed with for a while, but um, it was like a certain type of print and they put a sticker along the very top of the box. And so it's basically like one of the first 50 Super Mario Brother games or whatever it would be that came into the United States. Long would be in a time when no one had ever heard of Super Mario Brothers, and now everybody draws breath in America knows what Super Mario is. So, yeah, it's uh, sealed in the box. It got it graded. It has like an A plus, like new mint. It doesn't have a single thing wrong with it. And so it's yeah, it's just kind of like the most important video game ever, and it's the most the rarest copy of it that's out there. Yeah. So that alone, the, it, I don't know the reputation, the the legacy of that particular game. I can kind of see where the owner's thinking, you know what? In 20 years, this thing might be worth, you know, 200,000, 300,000. Who knows? Because it's got, it's got the recognition that can drive that price up that something like, you know, Action 55 or whatever the hell it was, or the copy of the, that stupid Tiger game that from those people that the made the sequel to Cheetah Man or yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Action yeah, 52. like Cheetah Man 2. Yeah, Action 52. So Cheetah Man 2, that's, that game is worth a lot. But is somebody going to really want to spend a bunch of money on it 80 years from now? Probably not. But there might be somebody out there for the historical significance to spend a bunch of money on the rarest copy of Super Mario 1. Yeah, I guess I can see your point. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like as that generation, essentially our generation gets older, then they start to sort of evaporate. Um into the ether uh, as collectors. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you're right. Maybe that game is worth $400,000 in 20 years. I don't know. Somebody offers me hundred K for just about anything I own. I'm probably going to think real long and hard about selling it. Um, but oh, there's sure. always been talk about yeah. this bubble bursting for a while. And while that's still possible, and I think some of the prices have come down a little bit, but you're right. Price, the games that people love like Contra Mario brothers, Super Mario brothers three, like they're always going to remain higher up because people want to play right. those games and they don't want to get rid of them. So I see what you're like, saying. Yeah. What, what image is conjured in your mind more for the original Nintendo than Super Mario? Yeah, Brothers there's nothing. One? I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And even with Nintendo, if I were like, even I imagine a lot of people can say Zelda and I think that's fine to even have that, whatever census share you would have of it, that how much in that pie of their first choice. But yeah, if you were to ask Nintendo or ask somebody, what is, Tell me a character when you think Nintendo. I think most people would say Mario, and it 
while it does precede those games, what really catapulted Mario into the public consciousness was this particular title. Yeah. Well, I mean, good for that guy for getting hundred K and good for the next person who may double or triple their money. Right. You know, could be, could be huge. All right. Let's talk about this last thing and then let's get out. Um, so the last thing is, is that the president, uh, Nintendo of America president, Reggie fees MA is stepping down. Thanks for pronouncing that. I didn't know how that worked fees out. MA is it's French for give me some fucking cola. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, but no, he's stepping down, man. He's been president for like what, almost uh, about fifteen years or so. Uh, yeah, I think maybe twenty, close to. Yeah, um, uh, he's a very unique presence. People I think, love in Reggie, man. People are big fans of Reggie, yeah, man, because he's legitimate and he's different. And I don't know, he's got a good attitude. Yeah, and I think a lot of CEOs, it's they have a hard time communicating with excitement in a to their fans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just, it's not their job. It's not their entire focus. They're really making sure that everything is being done as best as it can possibly be, of course, but they're maybe they don't necessarily get the excitement for the end user experience as much as they do of the units sold numbers and stuff like that. But we came to Reggie, he was able to do both. Um, he was, I think, very genuinely excited about uh, the fun part of what it was that he was selling and what, you know, the snake oil he peddled. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty great thing for you. If you're in sales, Cause that's really what he was. That's where he came from. He uh, originally was a VP of uh, sales for Nintendo of America. And he just did such a great job with kind of believing in the company that he made his way up pretty quick. But um, what I think is also really interesting is as he's leaving, like one, he's leaving young, which is, I think, pretty good. Pretty cool for him. You know, he said he wants to spend more time with his family. And I think that's great for him to prioritize that. But have you seen who it is that's coming in to replace him? That's <laughs> yeah, some dude named Bowser. <laughs> Doug Bowser. Uh, previous VP of sales with uh, EA, Electronic Arts. And I just think it's so goddamn funny that Bowser now controls Nintendo. Like, he, he, yeah, he's in charge of Nintendo. He's won it. He kicked Mario out of the castle, it sounds like, and it's all his. Yeah, I I, I, I say Nintendo's going to continue to thrive. It'll be fine. No question. Um, yeah, but it's it was cool. He was sort of, he was an icon, you know what I mean? Like he was uh kind of sort of like like what, what Howard Phillips back in the day, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, but even Howard Phillips didn't have the kind of cult personality. Right. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think Reggie. It was really great that he had at the same time he was kind of in coexistence with. Uh, oh my gosh, and I feel really terrible. The guy who was the actual president of uh, Nintendo in general mm-hmm. after Yamauchi, um, Satoru Iwata. I think that Satoru Iwata also was very endeared to many gamers, and so is Reggie. So um, it's kind of a different era. I don't know if there's really any feeling one way or another from any Nintendo fan about the current overall CEO, that guy. In, uh, he's younger, but the guy in Japan. But we'll see if uh, you get the same cult personality of Doug Bowser. I don't know. He gets a bit of a head start, right, yeah. with the last name. Yeah. So people are going to be interested to know what he's I about. Say, I hope Hopefully, he leans uh, into it. He can, yeah, I do. I hope so too. He can carry that tradition of Nintendo being a company that they, that as they project, and I, I agree with them that they get gamers. You know, yeah. they're not out just trying to like squeeze a nickel out of something necessary. Definitely. All right, Phil. I think we should call it. I think we did a. I think this is a good season two, episode one. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm glad to, we're back started again. Had a lot of fun, yeah. and uh, we'll definitely. Uh, get some conversations here again yeah it'd be so. great if we can get a little consistent maybe a couple weeks or so um i don't know how it'll shake out coming up because going to new york city again with some students we're up for college oh, cool. radio station of the year again two years in a row two times 
Uh, hopefully we win because I don't want to be known as the Buffalo Bills of college radio. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, so, but uh, I'll be ready and willing to make this happen, uh, certainly, now that some of the uh, personal stuff's out of the way, the holidays are out of the way, and ready to yep. tear it up. All right, brother, that's all I have. All right, sounds good. Talk, Talk to you later, Rich. Rich.